Song's like even past ironic. Like, there's, I don't think, I, I don't think anyone over the age of 19 that is vaguely sober still wants to hear Five for Your Right to Party. I saw the BC Boys in concert and they did not play Five for Your Right to Party. Like, they didn't even want to hear it. No, they didn't. Want to, no, not even a little. Uh, they're, they're mostly, the Beastie Boys pretty much don't acknowledge the entire license to L record. <laughs> oh, okay. But, uh, but welcome to the Cleveland Podcast with Josh, Jen, and Ed. I'm Josh. I'm Jen. And joining us tonight because Ed could not, we have listener Sammy on the line. Hopefully this connects her all out. Hello, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Doing good. So winner of the Beat the Gleek uh, competition two weeks ago, we have listener Sammy. And uh, I'm just going to turn that off. Uh, <laughs> I think that's for the betterment of everyone. Uh, and we have listener Sammy joining us. Uh, you took all kinds of notes. You watched the episode twice. Uh, you did more work than we did. So welcome to the Gleeful Podcast. <laughs> thank you. I'll try the, my best to be a decent Ed. Oh, thank you. Well, that... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. There's a joke in there about... Uh, it's been a while since Ed was a decent Ed. But Ed's usually more on the ball than I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, he has been. I mean, now that he's not, you know, working 30 hours and going to school and all, you know, juggling as much stuff as he was last well, year. Well, he and I are crazy. in the same boat right now. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, we're sorry. commiserating over the unemployment. <laughs> oh, well. I'm sorry. We're not commiserating over the Giants, so I guess you got that going for you. I'm just going to let it go. <laughs> just walking away from that one we agreed never to discuss that again okay <laughs> we'll just i'll take that i can go into my team's 250 record but you know we'll just go ahead and call it even um so anyway uh so welcome in to the global podcast now sammy i don't uh i don't know that we got too much into it on the last episode what that you were on but would you like to tell us a little bit about your history with glee when did you start watching glee and uh, when did you start listening to the podcast? I started watching Glee probably oh, like six episodes into the first season. I marathon watched the first six and loved it. Uh, huge fan. Like I went to the concert, had the best time of my life. And Which one? The first season or the second season? Second season. That was that was the most fun. I took my family and, you know, it's a good time. And as you saw the movie, you know. <laughs> um, and I started listening to your podcast about a year ago. Well, thank you. Yeah. So, how Except did you? Fi- I was catching up, so I was. I started listening live this season. Well, th- that's wow. cool. So, that's how did you? Commitment. Thank you. How did you find the podcast? Out of curiosity, I just did a search on iTunes, and you guys were the highest rated. So, darn right we were. Awesome. <laughs> darn. For good reason. <laughs> I think we're kind of the last man standing as far as Glee podcasts. Like people ask, yeah. they're like, "Oh, that's a popular show. There should be a lot of Glee podcasts." I'm like, "You'd be surprised." You're the only <laughs> decent one. I listened to a couple other ones, and they all hate the show. Oh. Like, okay. Oh. Then why do they <laughs> do it? Me. Why did I don't understand why what? people waste their time and waste other people's time? Yeah. Uh, oh. There was a great. I think. I've said before, my favorite review of the show, of our show ever, was on some forum. Somebody had posted a link to one of our episodes when I was ranting about Finchel. And then somebody was like, I like the Gleeful podcast. They're sane. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Well, that's adorable. That's saying something in the Glee fandom. So that's that's the compliment. We'll take it. We'll take it. (laughs) Uh, And it's worth mentioning that, uh, well, 
you know, Glee just got renewed for two seasons, which we gleeful ostensibly might be returning for two more seasons. We shall see. Uh, and uh, but yeah, seasons five and six were greenlit this week. So that's uh, exciting. My question for you, Sammy, as somebody who's a crazy fanatical Blaine fan, from what <laughs> I've learned, um, have you seen the video of Darren Chris at the Glad Awards when he's on the red carpet and the guy tells him on the red carpet that Glee got picked up for seasons five and six? No, I haven't. You have to I've look been this out of town. up. Oh, you have to look this up. He's on the red carpet and he plays it off like a pro, but you can tell Darren Chris is not ecstatic about Well, touring. he has a movie coming out this year and he has an album coming out. So he wants to be on the bigger and better things. I would think I mean I would think, you know, and you can't really blame him. Like he's <laughs> essentially second fiddle on this show. And he could, you know, he could be a Ryan little Murphy man. has his talents in Darren Chris so far oh, yeah. that he's never going to let him go. The rumors you'll hear of, Di- of how Ryan Murphy controlled Leah Michelle. Uh, there are rumors of like su- seasons two and three, um, like her n- trying to get out of going on the second tour. And he was like, I will fire every person on this cast that you like if you don't go on this tour. Like crazy oh rumors went around so, of how just he's rumors. trying to control. No proof. There's no, there's no proof of anything. And I don't believe anything I read on the internet. But uh, <laughs> I've also seen Nip Tuck. And I know that has to come from somewhere. So <laughs> But no. Okay. And American Horror Story. <laughs> That's entirely oh. true. Yes. Okay, seriously, when is season two of American Horror Story going to come out on video? I know. Cause I, we need to get caught I, up. I gave up. I know. I got halfway through, and then there was the World Series, and I gave up on everything <laughs> to watch the World Series. So I do. I wonder, though, like, and for all of us, uh, since we are talking about uh, Glee season four and five, um, or five and six, sorry, five and six. Uh, oh, and uh, sweet, sweetest disarray in the chat room did mention that Darren Chris is making a major announcement on his Facebook tomorrow. So we'll find out what that is about. Uh, I would assume the it's the album. Yeah, it sounds oh. like the album. Uh, that or he's gay. Uh, but no, <laughs> that was that was yeah. actually. Uh, Zach Braff yesterday he was like I'm making a major announcement on my Facebook tomorrow I'm not gay just to <laughs> let you know <laughs> uh, but yes yeah, so well, how do we feel about seasons five and six uh, and uh, Jennifer yeah you've got so two more years of Glee uh, mm-hmm. at least two more years of Glee it could go on but uh, two <laughs> more years guaranteed how do you feel about the prospects of two more seasons of Glee I'm I that uh, every Glee fan a today. bit concerned. Yeah. I'm a bit concerned because I don't think. It, it, I, <laughs> I know Ed loves the season and calls it the new season one, but I, I haven't felt comfortable in it. It's just been so disjointed, and I don't think they've truly found their rhythm. Because they've always struggled with trying to balance such a such a huge cast and give everybody you know decent storylines. So now that we've got them spread out all over, it's just I don't know. I mean, are they going to just you know next year just let go of the graduates and just concentrate on the the, the high school? I don't know. I mean. I don't know. I'm exhausted at the prospect of it, though. I think that's, <laughs> that's a big commitment. I think that's how I feel about it. It might just be the podcast specifically, but I, I, I it is kind of I, I, I wanted to hear that they were going to get five, um, that they were going to get a season five, and then that would be kind of it. Like shows always get better when they say, "Here's your end point. Here's mm-hmm. what you as writers and producers and whatever, this is what you have to aim for. Just hit that mark and you'll be okay. Yeah. And I think, I feel like those tend to be when shows kind of get better uh, when you oh, know I- there's, when you know you have a goal, right. you know? So I, I think I I would like to, I, I would have liked to see them just give it a season five. And plus, as we'll discuss a little later in the show, the, the, or in this episode, uh, it does feel like Glee's being pulled in so many directions between Lima and the grown-ups and the old school and the new school and yeah. kind of this middle school that has come up with the, you know, uh, uh, Lima Blaine University, and Sam. and oh, oh, yeah, now we've got Lima University. Exactly. <laughs> like, we're being pulled in all of these different Who directions. Knew? And 
I can only see that getting worse as we start trying to find excuses to keep Brittany on the show and keep Sam on the show. And so as it becomes more and more schizophrenic uh, and they've battled it all this season, um, that's what worries me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess I, I'm torn about the prospect. Well, it's, it's funny because I had said I'm exhausted at the prospect of it. Caitlin had almost at the same time written that in the chat room that she was exhausted. <laughs> I think a telling sign is that they're not ending at the end of the year. That they're ending it and having to start up again next season. So they can keep the senior at the same time right now. What are they going to do when you're in Sam and Artie and Tina and Blaine are gone? Like They don't have a plan. They don't have a plan. They got back and they got season more season. They don't have a plan. That's a little bit alarming. I agree with Josh about season five and then... Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Season to wrap it up. And then, like Lost. Like Lost got better when they got an ending. Give them an ending. Give them an ending. And then call it a day. Call it a day. I agree with all of that. If you have headphones, you totally, you were like bouncing back on that one. You were, there was an echo on you. Do you have headphones over there? Looping. Yeah, we were getting like two of you. No, I'm on my headphones. Oh, okay. Interesting. We are getting two of you. Yeah, and it was just. Let's try this. It was just when you started to talk last time. It yeah. wasn't like that before. Very strange. Uh, well, well, let's let's keep trying. Yes, um, but no, I think it, uh, there are a lot of shows. They do like once you say, okay, you know, you just have to shoot for this point. Like wrap it up mm-hmm. and and you don't have to just keep introducing new storylines that are kind of open-ended right. that's always the challenge is open-ended storylines that's why season two is always less interesting than season one because season one you kind of swing for the fences because you might probably aren't going to come back right. and then by the time you get to season two it's like oh crap we need to figure out a way to make this go on for everything you know, and we have to figure out every plot line has to have the opportunity to never end. Yeah. Um, and that can be really problematic, you know. So, so yeah, it, it, uh, season five, season six is an exhausting prospect to me, but it'll definitely be exciting to, you know, I mean, we are, we're all looking forward to how it turns out. So. We will, we will look forward to the experience. Uh, every time I stutter now, I'm like, oh, now I'm, uh, echoing like <laughs> Sammy did. Oh. <laughs> but uh, are you are you there, Sammy? Are you still echoing? I'm here. I'm here. Is it better? Oh. Is it better? You're. It's not. Uh, and you were okay before. And I don't think I changed anything. Let's close. Yeah, that. and I, yeah, I, I closed the YouTube. I closed the YouTube. Channel, to make sure that, that, that was bouncing back. Hmm. Yeah, because if it was the YouTube channel looping back, then I would hear it too. But I'm yeah. not. I don't hear. I don't hear repeat at all. You don't. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's going into the recording, definitely. Hmm. Well, let's uh, let's see if it works itself out, and we will close. Uh, we will we will cross our fingers and hope it works itself out. Okay. But we should talk about this episode, which was, of course, entitled uh, entitled "Sweet Dreams." Um, we opened up with Fight for Your Right to Party. We had lots of 80s college fun in this particular episode. We also had the reappearance of a couple characters. We had Roz come back, yes. uh, which was interesting. And we also had Shelby come back mm-hmm. uh, and some new people that I'm sure we're going to see again, the casting directors for Funny Girl on Funny Broadway. Girl. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see. Excuse me. But uh, so, yeah, we had uh, the episode of Sweet Dreams. And I'll turn it over to you, Jennifer. Jennifer, Ugh. <laughs> what did you think of the episode? Um, I was, I was a bit disappointed, um, especially after last week's episode was just, there was just so much going on and it was such a, such a big topic. And the fact that other than some weird behavior, nothing was really discussed about it. And so it was kind of hard. Um, one of the songs I had never heard of the song that, um, Rachel and Shelby sang, and then the two original songs. So it was kind of an odd episode in that sense that I, I knew less than half of the songs. Uh, I did enjoy it more watching it the second time, maybe because I had um, after watching it the first time I was kind of like meh, and so watching it the second time I actually kind of liked some of it. So I just I just rambled for a, a mediocre episode. <laughs> I, Sorry. I, did, I didn't really enjoy this one at all. Um, I was kind of dreading rewatching it so that we could, uh, so I could be ready for the show. And yeah, just largely this one really did nothing for me. 
Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know really what else to say about it. I felt like it was kind of fillery. Um, I felt like there was a lot of stuff that wasn't quite necessary. A lot of the jokes fell really flat. Um, yeah. There were some weird mentions in there, like, you know, when Kitty used, Kitty called Jake an octoroon, and then I had to Google it, and I'm like, oh, so essentially it was a way of calling him half black and half white and using the only word that people wouldn't call offensive simply because they don't know what the definition is. Uh, it was a lot of moments like that that just kind of fell flat for me. And then musically, none of the songs, I didn't really find any of the songs all that interesting. So yeah, largely this one fell flat for me as well. I was not, uh, I was not in love with it. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't really see myself coming back to this one all that often, except it did get, you know, it, it, I mean, it moved the plot along a little. So I have to give it that, I mean, even though it felt like nothing happened when we watched it the second time. I went, people, things, you know, the plot moved along. <laughs> a little. Just, just at the end. At barely. The end. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're still getting that That was that a echo. weird effect. Yeah. We're still getting that echo off of you. So let me see if I'm I can. Try, can try reloading. Yeah, go ahead and reload. Should uh, we play a song in the meantime? Yeah, let's play a song, and Sammy's going to reload. Uh, and we will. T- uh, let's go ahead and take a listen to... We had two of our... Actually, you had mentioned Next to Me, so let's take a listen to Next to Me. Next to Me is a uh, song by Emily Sanday. Emily Sanday uh, from uh, Scotland. And I don't know why I said it like that. That was so douchey. But anyway, here's a bit of Next <laughs> to Me. <laughs> that was uh, kind of cute, actually. <laughs> Leah Michelle and Indina Menzel here on the Cleveland Podcast. You won't ever find him be unfaithful You will find him, you'll find him next to me You won't find him trying to chase the devil For money, fame, for power, out of greed You won't ever find him where the rest go You will find him, you'll find him next to me So, Jennifer, you had mentioned you'd never heard this song before. Correct. And, Sammy, are you back? Can you hear me? I can. You sound great. Better? Yay. Yeah, you sound perfect. I love this song. Um, I heard it the first time on the radio. I couldn't stand it, and now I love it. I have no idea who sings it, but I love it. Uh, Her name is Emily Sanday. She's huge in UK right now. Uh, She uh, is Scottish, and she... um, uh, performed at the opening ceremony ceremonies of the Olympics. She sang Imagine. Does anybody remember that? She's Imagine. Do you have any ceremony? No. I, I do. I never remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, this was one of those songs that I felt it was totally out of character for the moment. It didn't feel to fit really what the yeah. emotional tone of the moment was. And I think they just wanted to promote the song. I think they just went, hey, let's look current. Let's find a place for this particular mm-hmm. song. And so they went with it. Uh, but it wasn't a bad number. I do love Adina Menzel. So it wasn't a bad number, but I don't know. It didn't really ring all that interesting to me, Jennifer. Yeah, I mean, it is it is a nice number. Never hear, having heard the original song, I actually asked you if it was a duet because it almost sounds like they're singing about a guy, like they're fighting over a guy. Yeah. And especially when you have two people saying the same thing. So I was a little confused about, again, the, the, the intent or the meaning or the significance for them. So, uh, yeah, I just don't understand the, I mean, yes, you're right. They're just probably promoting a song, but it was fun. It's catchy. I will now look her up and, and uh, listen for the original. She's a lovely singer. The, hmm. the The record is really good. She is worth looking up, but it was a bit of left field. And yeah, it kind of felt like when they did Poker Face. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, exa- sorry. Sorry. <laughs> is your dog? What was that? That was that was my uh, phone. I have oh, okay. Doctor Who ringtone. Let me turn it off. Oh, that's awesome. I was like, "Do you have a pet demon over there?" <laughs> no, that was retarded. Sorry. No, it was cute. Uh, what did you think um, of that one, Sammy? I, you know, I, I love their voices in general, except this, I mean, they sounded great. It just lacked that little bit of soul that the original singer has. It's got yeah. a bit of an edge that just, they have perfect voices. They just don't have that edge. Okay. But it's not, I mean, they sounded beautiful. Yeah. It was interesting to have Shelby back and her return was kind of unceremonious and excuse me, she didn't really do that much to me. I mean, she kind of came in and her point was to be like, hey, uh, you should not do Barbara. You should try to do something that's more closer to your heart. Okay, that's a fine message, but it's not a message we couldn't have gotten from Kurt or from Santana, who was already there. Um, And so as much as I like Shelby, I I totally agree. It felt a little lackluster just to have Shelby show up to do that one number and then take off again. Well, I mean, I, I have a feeling this is her introduction to, you know, many more repeat episodes. Yeah, I mean, okay, so now she's in New York. Now there's no reason that she won't continue to, um, you know, contact Rachel. Or, hey, you know, maybe because they obviously don't have to go to class or study or rehearse or anything, <laughs> maybe Kurt will get a job teaching toddlers, you know, how to sing and dance. I don't know. There's like tons of possibilities. There. That'll be a cute number. That's true. I That'll be a cute adorable. number. Well, I, I t- actually, I pictured him and Santana working there. Yeah. With the you know shaping the minds of future Broadway stars. Um, you see Santana working with kids. <laughs> Yes. Actually. Only because it'll be hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, because, I, you know what? I think they'll eat her alive. <laughs> I, I think, you know, they're, they're, they're the only creatures who are more unfiltered than her. You know? <laughs> Kids say yeah. anything, and I think they would eat her yeah. alive, and I think that would be hysterical. So. It would I, I, that that would be a fun plot line. I, I, I think would she'd be really good that. with them too. Um, you know, it's, so we had Rachel. Uh, she made the decision, and then she went and did her audition. Uh, this open casting call for Funny Girl, which like kids watching this TV show, <laughs> this never happens. This is not a thing. Okay, they do this in movies and TV all the time, like that Invincible movie. Remember that Mark Wahlberg made that was about an open audi- or n- audition, an open tryout open for the Philadelphia for the- Eagles. And then oh. when you actually look up that story, it didn't happen. Like <laughs> the, he was already playing professional football for another league and they asked him to come over. Like this doesn't actually happen in real life. Um, I'm sure there's someone in the chat room right now saying, I know a story. Okay, it does occasionally happen. But I'm just saying, largely, this is not a thing that actually happens. Overnight successes are hardly ever overnight. (laughs) But uh, but it, it was it's interesting that so she did her audition and then she performed Don't Stop Believin' uh which they recalled back from obviously the pilot. Uh and uh Jennifer, Rachel's solo Don't Stop Believin'. How did that moment work for you? I actually really enjoyed it. Um I hadn't read that she was going to be doing it. I hadn't heard anything about it at all. Um and it really it resonated with me. I got excited, especially when it you resonated could see her re- reliving her joy of performing it with her friends the first time. So that was that was a very sweet. I mean, I think that was the part of it that worked for me yeah. was the reliving of it. Yeah. That and seeing how much older Kurt looks. Uh, oh my god, he's like a foot taller. <laughs> he totally it's is. So awesome. <laughs> uh, and, and so I think that part of it worked for me. It. I, I guess it was a neat sentiment and I think for me it was carried by the sentiment and the nostalgia of it right um but there was a point where I'm like man I've heard this song so many times like of all the songs for you to recall this is well. a, this is definitely the glee song we've all heard more than any other glee song uh Sammy uh Leah Michelle's solo don't stop believing what'd you think well I have heard that it was coming and I was a little bit concerned um I think actually watching it the second time, I think it might have actually worked a little bit better with flashbacks of the original performance. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But 
it was still it was still really fun and it was fun to see well it was fun to see Finn back on the drums this episode but <laughs> it was funnier at the end when they go try to make their diagonal line again and they messed it up just as badly as they did in the pilot and for me I thought that was hysterical and, but I really liked it I thought it was really sweet yeah, I needed Finn. Finn does like a Zeke Heil in the original number. This kind of big arm to the audience, which I love in the pilot, yeah, uh, didn't which quite... didn't make it back into this one. Uh, it was fine. I mean, I, maybe if I hadn't heard that song so many times, it wouldn't be quite as uh, quite as distracting. But the moment, I mean, one of the problems we've always had with Glee and its competition moments is we. I've always said, you need to tell us why the winning team wins. Right. And when Rachel gets this part, and we know Rachel's going to get this part, um, when she gets this part, we're going to know why. Yeah. And they justified it, and they made it real. And I think in that way, this was a really great moment. Mm-hmm. If in no other reason, it in that way, this moment really worked for well, me. Well, she so. sold the emotion of it so much that they asked her about it to make it yeah, clear. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was exactly like you were saying. It was a moment where they actually explained why they might have picked her for right. a callback. Yeah. Not necessarily for the role, but for a callback. I could see it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Definitely. Especially if you've seen, you know, Funny Girl, which I don't know if all of these fans have. But, you know. <laughs> I've tried so many times. That's the longest movie ever. <laughs> and not, well, you know, it was not as funny and happy as I thought it was going to be. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, it's a really depressing no one movie. It's a very me. sad story. Yeah. <laughs> Omar yeah. Sharif, though, man, they don't make him like that dude anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, that that is that he was a man at a time when he made that movie. Like today, it's like watching a sultan walk across the screen. Like he just looks from another world. But he's so I mean, he's so just there's nobody like him. he's Omar Sharif. Nobody. Like him. Uh, so, yes, funny girls. So, of course, she did get the callback. And we learned at the end of the episode that she did get the callback. Um, and that was a really cute scene with oh, her, like, nibbling on her knees. Yeah. It was that awesome. Was so this is my problem with her getting a callback. And it goes back to our season five, season six is an exhausting prospect. Because if she, at the in the season finale, if we find out, or we get, she gets the call in the season finale, hey, I'm going to play Fanny Bryce on Broadway. Where do we have to go with Rachel Berry? Rachel Berry's arc as a character from episode one has been that she's going to be on Broadway. So if at the end of season four, she's already on Broadway, what are we doing for season five and six? I feel like there's no show left. Maybe they'll take a book out of uh, a page of the book of uh, Smash. Smash. (laughs) That's what it felt like. It felt very Smash-like. Yeah. How great would it be if Smash, the show that ripped off Glee, is going to start ripping off Smash? They're like, okay, scrap Marilyn, we're doing Barbara. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, did either of you, like, how do you guys feel about this flashback, or this callback? Like, like Jennifer, does it feel too easy? Does it feel like it's right? Does it feel like, you know, it's where you you think this character should be going right now? How do you feel about it? It's as easy and as plausible as anything else that happens to these characters. (laughs) And that's it. And I... If I'm going to continue to watch this show and still find some good in it and enjoy it, then I have to just let those things go. You know, it's just like the way these kids who have no money can fly back and forth. You know, I mean, we can't fly back and forth to New York. (laughs) Because they have a transporter. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Well, we don't have a smart enough person to build us a transporter. So, Um, yeah, again, it's it's as logical and believable as you know them having this gorgeous loft apartment never going to class never carrying a book never even carrying like keys like or a wallet you know did you notice in this episode every time they were in the loft apartment you could hear sirens outside (laughs) it's like we can't change this loft in any way so let's just have the sound guy add sirens to remind people that it's in a bad neighborhood Sirens doesn't mean it's a bad neighborhood. Um, so and justifying our old apartment, right? We were in a great neighborhood. <laughs> Episodes one through two hundred. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sammy, uh, so how did you safe. feel about uh, um, how did you feel about Rachel getting a call back? You know, it for how they set it up for the for the Glee universe. They set up these open call or open casting for Funny Girl. They set up Rachel doing this audition, and they gave her all the advice to do a song that was a little bit more personal. 
So having her done, do all the right things that she was supposed to do, it made sense for me, accepting that this is Glee. <laughs> it, made sense, it made sense for her to get a call back because she did everything they told her to do. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's true. I mean, hey, she gets a callback that's amazing. In real life, that is incredible. And an entire career could be built on getting a callback on your first audition at an open casting call. Absolutely, that's possible. Um, and in the world of Glee, though, my my only concern is, like, in the world of Glee, you get a callback, you get the role. Like, there's no second step. Uh, but, hey, you know, if Ed was here right now, he'd be telling me I was crazy. So, uh, in... Should I be calling you crazy? I don't know what my role here is. You are falling down on the job. <laughs> it is your job to ensure that everyone knows I'm insane. That is the... That is why Red we. You did not on. send me a job description. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I knew I forgot something. Let's go ahead and take a listen to uh, Leah Michelle's Don't Stop Believing. And then uh, we'll come back and talk a little bit about the new Finn Hudson, college Finn Hudson, um, getting all down with his, uh, with his bro self. Uh, here's a bit of Don't Stop Believing, the Leah Michelle solo audition version on the Gleeful Podcast. Living in a lonely world She took the midnight train Going anywhere Just a city boy Born and raised in South Detroit He took the midnight train I'll just let all of the listeners know I haven't been married that long but I would tell you my greatest fear in marriage is that at some point Jennifer just goes you're such an idiot and walks away <laughs> that's like that's when I know I'm done <laughs> can I ask a question relating to don't stop believing go ahead of course so, Artie wheels out with the with the guitar and I totally forgot that Artie played the guitar in that number has he ever played the guitar since no not a single time and he is the worst <laughs> pretend guitar player ever he's all over the place to the point where in the original number you can see that his fingers are nowhere near it and in this version he turns the guitar away from the camera so you can't see how far off his fingers are i totally did they need to bring that back but okay that would be amazing i would love that they brought back Artie's pretend guitar it was nice to see finn back on the drums as i said earlier but it's always nice to see him on the drums yeah. Well, we did it. Oh, go ahead. No, it's so funny. I never caught... Like, this time, when I watched it the second time, and I saw the guitar just leaning next to the drum kit, I thought, well, why do they just have an instrument hanging out? And I didn't <laughs> catch that when Artie came out before that he picked up the guitar. I totally forgot that that this is the only song he's ever played it for. Well, yeah. I couldn't remember. So I was like, am I forgetting other numbers? Because I remember. Because I remember. Wow. All right. It, it's always, it, it's a weird moment when he's playing the guitar on that particular no. <laughs> number because he never did it again. Hasn't done it since. <laughs> no yeah. reason. Uh, but yeah, so we definitely have some Artie on that one. I keep trying to get the chat room. I'm sorry if, if the chat room's telling me I'm crazy, uh, but I can't figure out how to get the chat room open and I'm trying to concentrate on the conversation. Uh, but we do have some, uh, so we did have some Finn in this episode. We had Finn and Puck went to college. They went to the Lima University. Yes. As he pointed out, the Lima University. And they uh, went ahead and had pretty much a carbon copy of my freshman year. Um, just, I mean, pretty much exactly what my freshman year was. Unless, well, I guess you would want to take... I'm going to add in here for a second and say you're a little bit crazy. Well, no, it was definitely... It was exactly like my freshman year. You just want to take out the girls and put in... Uh, other sexless dudes and you want to take out the partying and put in Dungeons and Dragons but other than that identical 
Oh, uh, wow. Pretty much the exact same experience. But uh, but yeah, no, it, so they had the big, it was funny because if you watched movies in the 80s, that's pretty much what college was in the, <laughs> if you watched Except movies. Except for the Harlem Shake. That was funny. Not <laughs> only did they pull up the Harlem Shake, but they did it like three times. <laughs> to With where, the clown from It. Did you see that guy? Yes, no, that was I did so not creepy. see him. That was he so creepy. Like the guy from, uh, was it Pennywise? Pennywise yes. the clown. Yes. Now You're I have a, a phone creepy. call. Uh, I totally, I totally missed Pennywise the clown. That's hilarious. Oh yeah, he was kind of like in the, yeah, it, by the pool. Yeah, I was like, I'm like next to the fountain or whatever that oh, was. Oh yeah, yeah, the fountain. Yeah, it was, it was totally creepy. <laughs> well, see, you should have gone to college in the '80s because it pretty much was like that. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> at least in the Northeast. At it least at the state schools. <laughs> okay. At least for art majors. You didn't go to Zoom Mass. <laughs> That's giving us some credibility right now. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, uh, Finn was at college, and he became king party of Party Town, uh, which was kind of fun to see Finn have some fun. Finn hadn't had fun in a little while. Well, the reason he was king was because he looks old enough to buy alcohol. That's entirely true. <laughs> He was able to buy for all of his friends. It is funny. They pretty much had to cheat up the age of everybody in his scenes. Oh, yeah. Uh, so and it wasn't creepy because those girls were like, oh, my God, you're really 18. <laughs> now, we did get from this uh, from this section of the show, we got one of the greatest Glee lines ever <laughs> when he's walking out of a frat party and the guys come up and say, dude, you totally saved our priority. Did you do music? And he says, yeah, Glee Club. And he goes, Glee Club, cool. Never. In the history of a fraternity, had those words been uttered? Yeah. Well, he did immediately then assume they were gay. That is true. He did. And you're gay. That's cool, too. Uh, yeah. No, that was pretty hilarious. Uh, yeah. So what was up with the crazy acrobatics guys at that fat party? Oh, that was awesome. Do you notice, like, they just happened to There's add one a in every fraternity. Right? Exactly. There must be. <laughs> there must be some crazy... So... Yeah, so Finn, uh, he got into the partying, and then Puck said, no, we're going to prove him all wrong. I want you to go study. And uh, Finn that came back and joined the club. That scene of the season. Really? I, that's, what I'm, that's how I felt about it. That scene at the end with Puck and, and Finn in mm-hmm. the, the dorm room. For me, this, there's something about Puck that really makes you want to root for him. And so when he's standing up telling Finn to do the right thing, it's mm-hmm. just like, thank you. Because nobody ever gives Finn good advice. Yeah. And finally, you That's have Puck stepping up to be a life coach. I was like, thank you, Puck. <laughs> and he did it in a very believable way. I yeah. mean, the points that he was making and the 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 way that he was appealing to Finn was pretty realistic. Because yeah. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, I know if we work hard and do these things, it'll it'll pay off. I was like, no. He's like, we just want to prove all these people wrong, and we can do it. You know, and he never said, you know, we're not going to party anymore, but he's like, right. you know, well, you just at least. And I actually wrote down my favorite line that he said, because he said, if you're a crappy high school student, who cares? But if you're a crappy teacher, that means something. Yeah. That's a I thought point. that was a great line. And they know crappy teachers. I mean, <laughs> they've had their fair share of crappy <laughs> teachers. But for Puck, you know, like, it, it, it doesn't matter if it, you know, if it just affects you, that's one thing. But if it affects your students or you mm-hmm. affecting other kids' lives. Right. Then it means something. Yeah. Yeah. It, that uh, that exchange was really sweet. And, uh, you know, I think I, I, I think um, that the only frustration in this plot line to me was really that it just ended up exactly where it started. I mean, it pretty much just ended up with yeah. Finn going back to the Glee Club, which is where he began. But I want Finn in the Glee Club. Mm-hmm. I think he's better there. I think the Glee Club is better having him there. I think that mm-hmm. whole... The whole uh, dynamic of the kids there is just more fun when he's around. And so, you know, if it took an episode and a crappy um, Beastie Boys song to get us to that point, I'm totally cool with that. One thing that bugged me a little bit was Mr. Like they were trying to make demands on each other. Mr. Schuster's demand was, can we just put this behind us? I'm like, no. How about, can you maintain a decent GPA? And then you can help me out with the Glee Club. Yeah. No? Okay. Yeah. In right, other, well, it's also funny that Finn was standing there going like, "I don't want to get your coffee anymore. I don't want to get your dry cleaning. I want to be treated equally, like a teacher." And my first thought was, "Yeah, minus the training and mm-hmm. a, a certification, and yeah. <laughs> like you're kind of you're actually asking kind of for a lot." 
But it was good, and I'm glad to have Finn back, and I like having Maybe Finn in the glee club. Counter the crazy of Mr. Schuster this week. Yeah, he was a little erratic, and I mean, I didn't understand why he just turned on everybody. And it's like last week, you know, he's telling them how much he loves them, and he's hugging them, and he's protecting yeah. them, and this week he's, you know, biting their heads off. But again, watching it the second time, I think it was just because he had just been rejected by Finn, and I think he was just kind of reeling from that. But it you was know just what really bothered me was not him getting mad at them for going behind his back and picking another set list, but him biting their heads off over their little personality quirks that they developed. Yeah. Like, that's really none of your business. Yeah. I mean, the personal attacks were totally unnecessary, unprofessional, and unfair. So, yeah, that was, that was hard to see. It was a... Yeah, there were aspects of, like, Mr. Schuster, again... He's just, he's just without redeeming quality. There's, he's every time Mr. Schuster starts to turn over a new leaf and be cool again, he does something that's just really mean and kind of baselessly mean. And he doesn't. There, there's no like central flaw to him. Like when Santana is baselessly mean, because like we know her history and we know what type of person she is. It's like it's Santana. She's allowed to be baselessly mean. Um, but with Mr. Schuster, like he, his whole pitch is that he's a perfect person. And so when he is really evil, you're kind of like, well, you don't get to be evil. Like there's, we can't give you a pass on that. Yeah. And, uh, it's really frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Because he'll take one step forward, or the writers, I'm sorry, I can't blame blame (laughs) the actors. (laughs) They give him one step forward and then three steps back. I mean. Absolutely. That one, the scene where he says, I'm going to go get my coffee that I skipped so I could be here five minutes early. I'm like, oh, big sacrifice there. I'm so sorry for you. Considering they rehearse constantly when you're not around, they certainly would have just let that five minutes go to crap. Um, yeah, no, it was, it's very strange. And then he went out into the hallway and had a big like sigh, but didn't actually do anything about it. He's just a hard man to love. And I, I, I feel like the ship has sailed on him. His redeeming quality to me had been that he was put upon by Terry, but now Terry's gone. Right. And then his redeeming quality was that he was kind of redeemed by his love of Emma, but now Emma's gone and she's not gone, gone, but we haven't seen her in so long. So in a way, like, you know, Mr. Shu is kind of like he, he's a team without a cheerleader that just keeps screwing up and there's nobody to tell us he's still cool. I have a theory. I think he's dead and he's haunting the auditorium. <laughs> because there's like two scenes this episode it's where true. he was just there, just like wandering about the auditorium having flashbacks. Just yeah. kind of skulking in the corner. Yeah. He's the phantom of the auditorium. It was it was really weird, yeah, just watching him stand on the stage there and he's having this, you know, flashback of glory. And and that was it. And it was just yeah, there were there were a lot of moments like that in this episode that just they didn't flow together. They were just kind of there. Yeah. It was a tough one from that from that perspective. Um and uh, but yeah, you know he's back, and we'll see what Shu ends up doing. Uh, he did relax, and he's it's mosquito. Sorry, <laughs> he's allowing <laughs> the kids to original to do original songs. Let's talk a little bit about those original songs now. Uh, we got two of them. We got "You Have More Friends Than You Know" and "Outcast." We will start with "You Have More Friends Than You Know." So here's a bit. Actually, no, we're gonna start with "Outcast" because I want to talk about this one. So we'll play a little <laughs> bit of Outcast. Uh, this was supposedly written by Marley, but it was performed by all the Glee Club here on the Gleeful Podcast. The breakaways will outlast, will outlast. Sticks and stones will break these bones. They're just some drones. Okay, remember this part right here.
this song ends right, and uh, and we're kind of talking. Jennifer's like, it kind of sounded like that that icicle work song from the eighties, and I was like, you know, you have a point there. So I pulled it up, and this is this is called "Birds Fly" by Icicle Works. <laughs> This song kicks out. In the side of love. We are, we are, we are the dark children fighting our way around in decision. We are, we are, we are that helpless. Take us forever. Whisper to us. And I was like, it's funny that you say this sounded like something else because to me, it sounded like this I Fight Dragons song that goes like this. Changes here, but this part's awesome. It's going to play. Sorry, that song's just awesome. Uh, but yeah, so I'm it totally outcast. I was like, I've heard this song twice before, <laughs> and I have both of them on my iPod. Um, <laughs> Poor man's loser like me. <laughs> so Aww. and that's the thing too it totally was also loser like me mm-hmm. but more ballady and kind of blandy well i was gonna say more suited for the singers which again <laughs> the 2.0s are they're lovely they have pretty voices so what did we think? We yeah. had this one, we had Outcast, and we have more friends than you know. And we'll listen to more friends than you at the end of the show. But uh, I think it's worth mentioning that in this episode, you know, poor pit put upon Marley. Uh, she has a perfect body, a lovely face, a beautiful voice, a perfect relationship with her mother, and a stunningly attractive boyfriend. But hey, at least she writes songs to make up for all of that. She also is a world-class songwriter. So... I think we can all say that we hate Marley in a way. Well, we can say Josh I, does. I hate her song. <laughs> I just, I don't well, get why, like, could we have had another character that's like, like at least Ryder could have been like, look, I'm dyslexic and I'm being catfished, but I have this redeeming quality on the side. Like he, I, I could have at least given him a little bit. <laughs> He's like, yeah, <laughs> I, I deal with all of my heartache by putting it down in song. But listening to these songs, I think at one point during the episode, I'm like, why don't they just have them perform like the winning song of every American Idol season? Because they just sound <laughs> so forced, corny, cliched. They sounded like they were written by a 15-year-old girl. So I guess it makes sense. Yeah. They that's... sounded like nothing you would ever hear on the radio. Yeah, Some of those lyrics are pretty like... dippy. They sounded good. Okay, these singers performing it sounded great. They did. But the, the lyrics were so yeah i mean and we're up for more of them like i'm sure we'll be getting more as we get closer um and i hope they mix them up with other things like if it's one original song and then a couple covers and that's how they go into regionals or whatever like i guess i'm okay with that but yeah i mean these two songs for me they really fell flat and i agree with you sammy i think like lyrically they're just really bland and uh, and and disappointing. I don't know. They didn't work for me at all. Maybe they found a fifteen-year-old girl's diary and just put music to it. <laughs> it's pretty. I mean, that's definitely how it felt. That's definitely how it felt. Uh, and there's not much more else to say about McKinley High. I mean, you had Mr. Shoe being crazy, and then Marley being like, "I wrote, all right, Roz, Roz Washington." I was just about to say, Roz was oh, crazy. Oh, Roz is back. That That's was right. my favorite scene when she makes Blaine and Becky do the oath. That was my favorite <laughs> scene of the episode. I want outtakes from that scene because they could not, they could That's barely keep their faces straight. It was so cute. They were so I love, like, bl- uh, Blaine's always questioning that a blood oath. Is that safe? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just do the oath. <laughs> and I, I did like, we got a nice moment from Tina being like, I don't even know if I'm on the Cheerios. Like, that I was, honestly don't know. I literally do not know. <laughs> uh, so, and I did have a question about that, actually, because there's one thing that 
Oh, I have a dog barking. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> where uh, Blaine and Sam had some big scheme to take down the Cheerios, and then apparently nothing came of that. So why is Blaine still on the Cheerios if Sue's gone? I had that exact same question. Yep. Not only is he still on the Cheerios, but he's like now he's. Um, it appears he's going to be working to get Sue her job back, maybe? I mean, it seems like he's now on the hunt for information well, I mean, on what went down with Becky. It was the last same man standing. Yeah. Well, I mean, in, I mean, certainly Becky's behavior, <laughs> and as he put it, even more unusual than normal. Yeah, and, true. I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously that warranted questions but yeah i mean so the whole thing yeah like you said sammy if sam and blaine were scheming to bring down cheerios or even just sue that happened so why did they have to have this thing if the writers were just going to write her off with this bogus so strange yeah the whole thing is sorry my bad it 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 felt unplanned like it felt like you know again we've always said that one of the struggles we have is that <laughs> yeah, we have they don't plan more than two episodes ahead or one yeah. episode ahead. And so that's how it felt is like, oh, we have this idea where we're going to like do this big scheme to take down Sue and then wait, we'd really like to get on to the, you know, do some kind of like a very special episode week. And then once we did that, we didn't really know how to get ourselves back into the Sue situation. And so, yeah, it feels kind of strangely um, unplanned and then you know the the woman who plays Roz isn't doing anything so she was va- available apparently and so was I thought it was funny that as soon as the new normal ended because she was on the new normal oh that's right yeah. she oh, shows back up on Glee okay <laughs> so that has wrapped for the season because I do want to yeah, go back yeah the finale's already aired and everything great okay right. we'll go I back <laughs> uh, so yes and Roz did have some cute lines in this one so yeah. she See, I'm was, getting really was, sick of her old Sue and her giant baby walking right out of her that joke has been beaten yes yes but fruity fonzie i think is my new favorite (laughs) (laughs) or dark dark side fruity voodoo magic yeah Yeah. well let's um let's take a listen to some voicemails we got a couple uh we got a couple standbys and we got some new folks so here is a bit of uh let's start at the top hey josh and it's or caitlin so caitlin Let's take a walk down memory lane to season two. Remember when they were preparing preparing for regionals and Rachel was like, we should do original songs, but Mr. Shu was like, we shouldn't do that. We'll stick to the classics. And New Directions was like, ha-ha, original songs. But then they all realized it was actually a pretty good idea, and they did it and wrote a song about how cool it was to be a loser and went on to win regionals. And Rachel got a trophy for being courageous and awesome. Boy, was that a unique plot line. <laughs> Cut to two seasons later, and look what got recycled. I personally thought this episode was just plain boring. I mean, this is about the sixth episode in a row where I wasn't sure if I liked it or not. I wasn't angry or any other sort of strong emotion. I was just kind of over it. I mean, Marley songs. My sister said it best when she said that they sounded like songs that were cut out of the lost script of High School Musical 4. They were just super <laughs> generic. I mean, Outcast is a ripoff of Loser Like Me. But as silly as Loser Like Me was, it was fun and was supposed to make them feel empowered. And you got that feeling from the song and watching their performance. Outcast did not make me feel any of those things. And You Have More Friends Than You Know is the stupidest hell of a song. I mean, her emotional ballad doesn't hold a candle to get it right. Just no. And if you thought last week handled the subject matter well, Roz came in this week to correct that opinion. But there was one plotline that I feel really needed to be in here that wasn't. Riders catfishing. After last week, they should have had the next step and conclusion this week. Instead, we had Sam pretending he had an identical twin as some form of PTSD and Roz talking about the ghetto. I mean, in a way, it almost seemed like they were kind of making fun of PTSD and making light of such a serious and scary situation that those kids had been through. It was like a caricature of something that shouldn't have been made fun of. But at least Rachel was the one plot I liked this week. I felt like we had the old Rachel back, and we even had Shelby back, too. I mean, I'm just happy I can get behind one of her plots this season. I was all set to be cynical about them doing Don't Stop Believing for, like, the fifth time, but then they did it and made me feel happy. It made me remember the pilot and journey and just overall better episodes. But where there was a small step forward for Rachel, we had a giant leap backwards for Finn and Mr. Shu. The guy who said Rachel was his future wife is now asking for girls to pay for admission with their bikini tops. <laughs> and Shu's behavior with the kids this episode... 
fill in the blank with whatever you, word you want, and you will apply, and we've used them all before. The one thing we continuously succeed at is making shoes so hateable. We might have to put up with him for two more years, and it makes my heart hurt. At least the two of them made up, because that's what I really cared about. And now a PSA from Sarah and Caitlin. College is not like what they depict in this episode, at least not if you enjoy staying in college. <laughs> oh, and we should date this voicemail like Glee dated this episode by doing the Harlem Shake. Who are no, But I imagine that they filmed this episode the week everyone was doing Harlem Shakes, and Ryan Murphy was like, this will still be relevant two months from now. <laughs> anyway, can't wait to hear your thoughts. Bye! <laughs> It would have been, yeah, they should have done Gentlemen, right? The, well, uh, the, the Psy. The Psy song, yes. The Psy song that I listen to every day on a loop. It's true. Don't judge me. It's awesome. Okay. <laughs> I have heard about this Harlem Shake thing, but I had never seen it. Oh, yeah? So Same. at the beginning of the Same. episode, I looked at Josh and I was like, what are they doing? Why is he hallucinating all this weird stuff? <laughs> <laughs> and creepy clowns, right? Yeah. The yeah. Thing, that what I do have to give them though is that was a massive Harlem Shake. Like it they was. had so many people in that shot that uh, you know big points on putting that one together. That's one scene you could watch over and over again just to see all the random stuff that was going on. True, true. Uh, <laughs> I'm disappointed keep, uh, I deleted let's, it. Let's keep going. Hey y'all, it's typo. When people hear me singing on my iPod or complaining about not being home on Thursday. They ask why, and I kind of mumble my answer, hoping they won't ask for any details. And then they figure out that I still watch Glee. And they often try and clarify my questionable taste by asking if I still hate-watch the show. After all, no one with any sense sense or taste likes Glee, right? Two episodes ago, Glee rather heavy-handedly pointed out that they knew they were a guilty pleasure and they weren't ashamed, so we shouldn't be either. But this podcast aside, sometimes it's difficult to remember when I truly loved Glee. Then they break out the season one, episode one classic, Don't Stop Believing. Rachel's new arrangement with the original Gleek swaying in the background reminded me why I first fell in love with Glee. To quote Sapien, it gave me glee feels. <laughs> it wasn't about the latest top ten radio hit, auto-tuning tone-deaf cast members, or ridiculous plot points that made the stage of intervention in the writer's room. But I digress. Glee, by its very definition, is about opening yourself up to joy. And for a very few brief minutes and during this week's episode, they accomplished just that. Well, thank you very yeah, much. That, that was, was really that was well put. Well put. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this was, a, this was a hard episode, but, you know, there were a couple of great moments. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of above, like, way above average moments that yeah. kind of made up for it. Yeah. Yeah. If, you, uh, if you're watching live right now or you watch the video feed, uh, which will be on the blog or on YouTube, uh, you can see Jennifer and I chasing a mosquito around for <laughs> pretty much the duration of this episode. I was wondering. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like air clapping yeah, here. She's like, yay. Yeah. Uh, did I close the door? He did. Well, I, yeah, I had to close the door because uh, our neighbor's dogs, which are awesomely named Leia, Luke, and Yoda, uh, would not shut up, so I had to close the door. I mean, they're uh, really good dogs. They hardly ever bark. I mean, we got lucky. <laughs> uh, here's a bit of listener, Marie. Hi, it's Marie. So this episode, again, left me feeling completely apathetic. Completely apathetic. I have been dealing with way since at least the movies episode, so I'm, except for the shooting star episode. So I'm thinking of just Quitting after the season. None of the songs, Marley's original songs sucked majorly. Felt like I was watching Sesame Street. Um, <laughs> the only remotely good song was Don't Stop Believing, but they really showed way to build the series finale to hold that one off. They just couldn't wait, though, could they? Um, the only scene I really cared about at all was the Finchel scene, which is embarrassing for me to say, because 90% of the time, I don't like Finchel. And it's also super awesome. Oh, oh, what happened?
happened there? Oh, I guess listener Marie got cut off. Oh. Um, well, we do hope you stay with us. Uh, you can just <laughs> listen to our podcast. And we'll, we'll try to keep it as pain-free as possible. But that is a good point. I know we kind of we kind of like somehow glossed over that. That was a really sweet moment and the best advice that Finn could ever give anybody when he was telling Rachel just, you know, sing from your heart. Sing, sing mm. something personal and, and then the real you shines through. And I thought that was really sweet and, you know, gave me gave me hope that he's not going to be a, a, a total screw up and he will be able to help mentor the Glee Club and future students. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Glee, or I'm sorry, Finn as a teacher <clears throat> is a great direction for that character. And I'm happy to see yeah. that direction take place. It does mean we probably won't be seeing Finn in New York. But, uh, you know, we've seen them get crazier in other ways. So uh, we got one more voicemail, and here it is. Hi, y'all. Joey's Baby 956 here calling to give my thoughts on Sweet Dreams. I thought it was an okay episode, although I didn't really care for any of the Finn and Puck storyline. I thought the Marley songs were very much written by an angsty teenage girl and nowhere near as a quality of even pretending from season two. Although, I'll admit to enjoying the courses of both. I enjoyed seeing Shelby back, and Idina and Leanne sounded as amazing as ever, but what really made the episode for me was Don't Stop Believing. I'm usually uber-obsessed with Glee, but I haven't really been into it much at all the past few weeks, and this song really reminded me about why I love the show and how I fell in love with it. I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say tonight. Bye. It's so weird. It's been... I don't know if it's been this season at all that... You know, we all, the hosts and the listeners, actually agree that, you know, the show was so, this episode was so, so, but, you know, just seeing Don't Stop Believing made it worth it and reminded us why we actually put ourselves through this, <laughs> which I think then just further solidifies the fact that the new cast isn't interesting. Which is yeah. sad. I mean, I'd love to see. Hey, you know, we're we. This has been by far the most common topic for two seasons. Is what are they going to do with the new cast? Yeah, and where and where are people going to end up? And and it'll continue probably being the main topic of conversation until the very end of the show. Um, you know, it 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 uh, it. There's like I always say. There's always one moment in every episode that reminds me why I watched the show and and this one had an episode you know it had a moment or two a moment and a half uh, a moment and a half so you know we just have to keep holding on for those and keep you know remembering that it's about the characters and uh and hope that they remember that too <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can i play ed for a moment and i don't hate i don't i don't hate or dislike or ignore the new characters I like them when they're written well. Like last week, I really liked a lot of them. This week, it took like three steps back and Kitty was back to her, True. you know, the same character she was. Marley was the same character. Their relationship was the same. There was no growth this week, whereas last week, like, okay, I could really get behind these people. And so it's just, it's, they just need to be more consistent because it's not that people hate the new characters, it's just that they're not writing consistently. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. It's it's that inconsistency that just makes it hard to find the connection, the emotional connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to find any real like to get on board with their journey because their journey at least for the 2.0s has been so um just kind of stops and starts and uh and you know very circular and so it's been hard to really get invested in their you know what they have to do as characters and who they have to you know who they want to be when they grow up yeah and the thing is i kind of forgot that they didn't bring up Ryder's catfishing thing until the end when we actually saw him sing and it's not because the episode was so interesting and you know was he answering so many other questions <laughs> i just forgot and uh, used to it from what i hear from what the cast has said in interviews they aren't even going to address it again until the finale well, we shall... Uh, I have my envelope ready. Yes, Jennifer's <laughs> envelope is ready. I agree with you. I know who you picked, and I agree with you. Okay, thank you. Well, I know a couple of people have asked on you know, Facebook and on Twitter, and I'm not ignoring you. I just I don't want to put it out to the masses. I, uh, and we so. do... Um, uh, we, I want to send a big shout-out to listener Jeffrey, who brought up on uh, on Twitter, and which didn't even dawn on me, Joe just disappeared 
couple weeks ago. <laughs> Joe just went away. Too. Joe and Sugar, are they dead? Are they okay? They've right? been gone for like four weeks. <laughs> oh my goodness. I was seriously, I had to remind myself who Joe was. I was just about to say to you guys, who's Joe? <laughs> he's said he was never very memorable, but at least he was on he's the show. Warm bodies. Yes, exactly. Wow. He got us to twelve. I was yeah. Exactly. Well. He'll be back for the finale so that we can be back. For regional. Yeah. Well that's uh that's about all I have. Jennifer, do you have anything else? Oh, I thought there was one other thing, but I forgot it. Uh well I do not have anything either. Sammy, anything? Nope, I think we covered it all. All right. Well, yeah. if you'd like to weigh in on anything we said tonight, you can email us at gleefulpodcast at gmail.com. On Twitter at gleefulpodcast, I'm at Josh Burnell. She's at Jenny B. Creative. She's at Sammy Higgins, S-A-M-I-H-I-G-G-I-N-S. That just rolls off the tongue. Mm-hmm. S-A-M-I-H-I. Uh, and then uh, you can find us on Facebook. Just search for face, uh, for the Gleeful Podcast and talk to the fans. Sammy, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you for having me, even though I miss Ed. Yes, yes. we, very, we uh, should have Ed back next week to discuss that episode, uh, which the, I looked up the name and now I can't remember what it's called. But we'll be back next week to discuss that episode. And uh, from the Gleeful Podcast with Josh, Jen, and Ed, I'm Josh. I'm Jen. And I'm not Ed, but I'm Sammy. There it is. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Good night. sung by animated cats i was just thinking in the 80s yeah wasn't this like a mid-90s disney film that most people didn't see (laughs) yeah it was like the third uh the the third rescuers movie that nobody caught it sounds like a telethon song is what it sounds like oh my god you're so right oh and you get like a children's choir that comes in like in the third (laughs) verse right after the bridge Oh man! Well, that's why I feel like they they should just they might as well just cave in and do the American Idol finale songs because that's what these sound like. <laughs> oh. so, okay, but some of those American Idol songs are decent. That some are. Neither of those were. Oh. Some are. All right, I have to, I'm still <laughs> recording. I, I, I'm going to stop recording. Good night, everyone. Good night. <laughs>